Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. We've got a fun and deep ramble ahead of us today with Ben Cook Feltz, an Iowan boy who got lost and wandered north to the Twin Cities, Minnesota. Ben's found a stable and fertile place to grow and make music in the Twin Cities, enough so that he does that at the same time he's parenting a four-year-old. I loved the description that Iowa Public Radio had for Ben when they described him as Paul Simon singing songs about broken hearts and pants. Wow, does that capture both Ben's artistry and his amazing and quirky creativity. He's got such a wealth of stories and music that you'll have to go to the NorthernSpiritRadio.org website to hear some of the great chunks of this interview that we can't fit in this broadcast edition. I'm grateful to Andrew Jansen for production assistance on today's program. I'm headed about 90 miles west of my home in Wisconsin to the Twin Cities via the magic of Zoom to visit with Ben Cook Feltz. Ben, I'm so glad you're here today for Song of the Soul. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks to Ellen Stanley. I can't thank her enough. She is such a wonderful person, both in her performances as Mother Banjo, her performances as an actual mother right now, and as a promotional person, connecting all kinds of people up. She's wonderful. Absolutely. I can't say enough good things about her either. <laughs> do you actually get to see her in person? I, you know, I'm 75 miles away. I do. I, I don't mean to drop a bomb on you, but Ellen is my wife. So I do see her in person. I thought she worked enough that you wouldn't actually get to see her. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. We send a lot of text messages. So, you know, we're still in contact. So again, your spouse, Ellen Stanley, she's been doing so many wonderful things for so many people for so long. I just really love her stuff. And there's songs of hers that play in my mind regularly. Christmas came early this year is one of them yeah. that I really happen to like. When did the two of you connect up? We first met 2009. We had mutual friends who were musicians. And one particular person, my friend Brandon Henry, who leads a band called Art Vandalay, I had just joined his band and he was doing a concert at a place called The Beat in uptown Minneapolis. He was just about to put out a record that Ellen had done some singing on. So she and I were both invited to be a part of this show. I had asked Brandon if I needed to bring my keyboard for the gig. And he was like, I'm pretty sure there's a house piano. And there was, but it was the most beautifully out of tune log cabin piano you can imagine. Like half the keys didn't work and everything was just very flat or sharp. It just sounded beautiful. So I got up there to sit in on a song called Slow Painful Death, playing this just gorgeously hideous sounding piano. And me being me, every opportunity I got to highlight the fact that this piano sounded terrible, I took it. Like I was just throwing in little fills that just sounded horrendous. And I very clearly remember turning around and Ellen was just laughing and laughing and laughing like she was having a great time with it. And that's how we met. 
It cemented a relationship out of tune. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. And do you actually perform together, you two? Yeah, not as much as we used to because we have a four-year-old. So one of us usually has to watch him. But I was in her band before we started dating. After that concert, we just started doing a few gigs together, and there was a bit of a natural fit for obvious reasons. So I started playing shows with the Mother Banjo Band on the regular, and then through that, we started hanging out more, and then we were just hanging out more socially, and eventually we started dating. Your name is Ben Cook Feltz, and I assume this is because you have progressive parents and they hyphenated. <laughs> is, is that yes. how it worked? Absolutely. Yeah. My mom did not wish to change her name when they got married. So that's why there are now three Cookfeltzes in the world. I think in my case, it worked out pretty well. I think Cookfeltz is a good sounding name. There are other people with hyphenated names. In fact, a good friend of my mom's, she did the exact same thing. And they have children whose last names are Bowen Goldberg. And when I was a teenager, we went out to visit them and their daughter was pretty nonplussed about the fact that that happened just because she didn't like having Bowen Goldberg for a last name. Is this a little bit too wordy? I think it works for Cook Feltz, though. When I married, I decided, because as you know, Quakers are even more progressive than Unitarians, <laughs> the way to do it would not be to hyphenate, but to make up a new last name that is our name. So that's where Helps Meet came from. Okay. And actually, in my first marriage, my last name was Friend. But we considered doing a hyphenated. It was a possibility. My first wife's name was Fisher, and I was Judkins. So Fishkins would oh, be sure. such an awesome name. <laughs> yeah. But we didn't want to do that to our kid. So <laughs> <laughs> I understand. So what happens with Stan? What's his name? Stan is a Cookfeltz. There are a couple of ways that we worked around it, though, partially because my mom didn't change her name and because I always say that I fell in love with Ellen Stanley and I, I didn't really think Ellen Cookfeltz sounded right. I mean, and, and she didn't want to change her name. And because before Stan was born, there were only two Cookfeltzes. Making a third Cookfeltz in this, in this world at least gives us a, a bit of a chance to take on the Joneses and the Millers and the Johnsons and everything. <laughs> But the way that we kind of worked around it was his first name is Ellen's last name. So she's Ellen Stanley. I'm Ben Cookfeltz. And then our son is Stanley Cookfeltz. Okay. That works pretty fun. That I love playing with names in, in many different ways. Absolutely. The name that Sandra and I didn't take, we brainstormed a whole lot before we settled on Helps Meet. But because she's got the German influence, because I'm French, I still speak fluent French, because of my Peace Corps time in West Africa. And because we met through dance, international folk dance specifically, the name we wanted to have was Lumiere Tansen. Oh, wow. Light dance in French German. Lumiere Tansen. And no one would ever be able to spell it correctly and everything. So we didn't go that way. Yeah. To be fair, I do run into spelling issues with Cookfeltz. I consider it pretty humbling. My favorite was. One time I was on a, not a marquee, but like a chalkboard, and the L and the T were missing, but there was an I, so I was Cook Fights. So that sounded great. Very electrifying. <laughs> I'm Cook Fights. Well, let's get going to your music. There's a whole lot of your musical history I want to talk about as we go through this, but where are we going to start for your Song of the Soul? Let's start with Magnet on Your Refrigerator. Initially, this was going to be more of a sarcastic song. 
the first verse is all about kind of romanticizing the idea of Nashville as this kind of end-all, tell-all, mecca sort of place for especially country songwriters to gravitate to. When I wrote it, I was doing a lot of side guy work in a lot of Americana bands and a lot of allusions to Nashville and Tennessee and, and things like that. So that's where the song came from. But I also didn't want to write anything particularly mean-spirited. So I very quickly pivoted the song from being sort of a, a comment on this trope and turned it more personal, turned it inward. For me, being a magnet on a refrigerator means I'm picturing myself at a social gathering or at a party and I'm present. I'm there. I've shown up. But I'm also something of an introvert, and I feel like I always make awkward conversation, especially in social situations like that. So just a, a means of being there, being present, but not being too engaged, not being too active, just sort of watching everything as if I were just a picture on a wall or some other ornament or something. And magnet on a refrigerator just sounded good for the song. And the nine feet off the world, I, I thought there was some special profound meaning about that. But I, I guess that's just the distance to watch from. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I do realize that nine feet makes for a really tall refrigerator. I tried saying, you know, five, but nine just flows better, I think. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, as we listen to Ben Cookfeldt's talk about Magnet on Your Refrigerator, I think you get the idea that this is a quirky mind with a great voice and instrumental and musical ability as he shares Magnet on Your Refrigerator. Say the trees are green as hell in Nashville And whiskey flows from a well in Nashville You can really set a spell in Nashville It could set you free Hit the dirt and play to win in Nashville Show the devil where you've been in Nashville But I don't really want to live in Nashville It's really not for me Oh, won't you let me be A magnet on your refrigerator And nine feet off from the world a hawk I would love to watch and learn I'll watch and learn If you've got something on your mind then say so Put upon or left behind well say so No one ever takes the time to say so Nothing's gonna change So won't you let me be A magnet on your refrigerator Nine feet off from the world One eye open like 
to say about Richfield But I believe I'm gonna stay near Richfield I really like it here I got troubles same as you in Richfield My dreams have struggled to come true in Richfield I can watch my baby grow And I don't really mind the snow Je ne sais quoi, don't you know Yeah, Richfield is ringing loud and clear Oh, you let me be A magnet on your refrigerator Cook Feltz is with us today for Song of the Soul. Just over a month ago, he released his latest album, Trucks, and Magnet on Your Refrigerator is on that album. You can go via his website, bencookfeltz.com, find out a lot more about him, and maybe you'll get an idea of exactly how creative his mind spins. It spins pretty creatively, I think. Is this a childhood thing? Mind spinning creatively? Some children yeah. do that. Some just follow the tropes. Oh, sure. I've been writing songs and creating since I was very young, really since I was seven years old. I first started teaching myself to play the piano in the fall of 1988. 
it's very true. I'm a gigantic Godzilla fan. I love Godzilla movies. And in that time period, I love the music. And it's kind of very simplistic and, and chromatic. And I basically taught myself how to play by remembering songs from Godzilla movies. And then that led to Nintendo games and some other things and basically just taught myself along the way. But very quickly in that process, I started writing instrumental stuff and being creative. Yeah, that's something that's I've just always wanted to do. There's a great Akira Kurosawa documentary that's called It's Wonderful to Create. And I love that phrase. Just to me, the idea of contributing to the creative process, it's so much fun and it's so fulfilling that it's always just been something that I've done. So one of the reasons anyone who knows you has to know that you came from Iowa is because your first album was called The Iowa Years. I think that was released in 2015, but it's songs that were written the first half of the 2000 aughts, right? Yeah, it was a collection of recordings that I made when I was living in Iowa, really when I was first getting into the art of recording and songwriting with lyrics and things like that. That particular album, Ellen calls it proto-BCF. It's like it's early stuff, but there's stuff on there that I'm definitely proud of and I wanted to have it out there. So that was really fun to revisit because in a way it influenced the songs that I wrote on this new album, Trucks, because I was listening to these tapes in depth for the first time in 15, 20 years and kind of like getting in touch with who I was at that point and what my goals were. And that definitely influenced the mindset that I was in when I wrote this new album. We do want to get more of your music in. Where do we go next? Uh, let's go with The Ballad of Carl Benjamin. Tell me about where this song came from. What place it plays in your song of the soul. This song is on a record that I put out in 2015 called She Doesn't Believe Me. And I wrote it a couple of years before that. It started with a guitar riff that you hear at the top of the song. My buddy Cole Mickelson, who's my longtime guitar player, came up with this riff. And it being a country sort of riff, and I'd never really written a country song before, I thought it'd be fun to write sort of just a straight ahead country ballad. It wasn't going to be a personal song when I started it, but it very quickly became a very personal song. I talk about, you know, at the time living through 30 Midwest winters, and then I just wrote, but for a moment I was left with five, which is me referencing the fact that when I was a kid, when I was five years old, I was diagnosed with cancer. Just kind of reconciling that in an artistic way. It ended up, even though I thought that I had written personal songs before then, this was the first time that I really found myself kind of mining my soul in a way that's hopefully relatable, but also pretty honest and open. It led me on a path that I feel like I'm continuing to go on. Like all the songs on trucks that have any real personal meaning to me, I can trace the ballad of Carl Benjamin and then the other song that you'll be hearing from this record as the origins of that whole process. It's a beautiful song, folks. Get ready for the ballad of Carl Benjamin by BCF Ben <laughs> Cookfeltz. Across the rails and paths Each time it dares to break the levees Mighty hold, but never makes it pass I never knew a sense of danger Only the feeling there was something more Something cliched but overwhelming 
chance to set the score and brave the mighty shore. Maybe I just wasn't good enough. Maybe it wasn't meant to be. Try as I might to make things right and stir the pot so I could see. I guess it wasn't meant to be. Midwest winters, but for a moment I was left with five. That thought has no choice but to guide me and keep the faith alive. But faith is fickle and is fervent. Like love and flowers, it can disappear in a flash of cold reflection. The hunger turns to fear. The perseveres. Maybe I just wasn't good enough. Maybe it wasn't meant to be. Try as I might to make things right and stir the pot so I could see. I guess it wasn't meant to be.
hope you love that song as much as I do. It's by Ben Cook Feltz, also known as BCF. I assume that's easier for people to spell or... or <laughs> <laughs> easier to spell for sure. Fun to say. And it used to be a way that I would just differentiate between when it was a show that was my music and when it was a show that I was just a side player in. This is kind of, you know, shorthand. I've got this BCF gig and it just kind of stuck. His website is Ben Cook Feltz. Feltz is F-E-L-T-Z. <laughs> Not everybody can spell or type properly, but if you, you can certainly get northernspiritradio.org, right? I like that. We'll have the link to Ben's site. And also on our site, there's links to all of our guests from the past 18 years, all of the wonderful both Song of the Soul and Spirit in Action guests that we've had. So come via the site. Check them out, post comments, give us your feedback, suggest where we should be interviewing next, all that stuff via nordenspiritradio.org. And there's a place where you can donate. We do not take money from corporations nor government. And as such, we depend on you, the listeners, because we want to serve your needs. As soon as you take money from someone else, you're a bit beholding. So therefore, support us, support the community radio stations, the 35 plus community radio stations that carry our programs across the country. Help them out and get out and listen to some wonderful people or and get Ben's latest CD, Trucks, just released a little bit over a month ago. Have yourself a good time with all of that and nurture the things you want to see happening in the world. I wanted to comment about that last song, The Ballad of Carl Benjamin, that I really love the note you ended on. It feels to me like it landed in a deep spiritual place. You were raised UU, connect with that more than anything else. I was raised Catholic, became Quaker along the way. And there's a certain deep current that we occasionally can get to, whatever religion we're involved in. And it feels like that one got there for you. Is that something you were raised with? Is it something you've learned along the way? What was it? I feel like it's something I learned along the way. I do want to say that I don't want to discredit my parents or the UU church that I went to because I think I probably heard a lot of things that, you know, speak to this current. Maybe I just didn't listen. I'm not sure. But the whole ending of that song, to me, it reminds me of when I started working as a music director at a different religious community that called themselves the Centers for Spiritual Living based on a book, The Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes. Personally, I feel like I align more with UU than I do with that particular group. But there was something about, you know, the thing that they keep talking about is trusting the process. The idea that in their minds, everyone is born with a certain amount of spiritual ability, the, the ability to tap into a greater spiritual presence. And that throughout history, the more revered spiritual leaders, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, any of them, they were just born with a more natural ability to tap into that God presence. And regardless of what I believe, that whole mentality being around it on a weekly basis did start to affect my life. The idea that there's a little bit of surrendering to just the way that the world, the universe works, the way that the planet works, that is, is not the easiest thing to do just because of, I think, how our culture and society is set up. You know, you want to take things into your own hands and you do everything that you can to ensure that you get from point A to point B. Sometimes it's just easier to release and let go and let the river guide you. 
what's really funny is when I wrote that part, I sang it and I loved singing it, but I didn't totally believe it or I didn't totally subscribe to it until later. It's only been the last four years or so, ever since Stan was born, that I felt it's been easier to actually follow what I was singing about. (laughs) I get that. You grew into it. I don't suppose you happen to know a song by Peter Mayer called God is the River. It tells the story of a guy who's so sure he has to cling to this rock. And, you know, because God is a rock. So that's the way we sometimes talk about it. But finally, he finds his wholeness when he releases to the river and goes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same idea. Well, let's go on to another song of BCF. Where do we go next? Let's do Free Jazz Refugees. Okay. I was really hoping you go to something from your album, BCFing, Merry BCFing Christmas. <laughs> I, I, I don't use profanity much myself, but I'm still enough of a child that I'm usually amused by it. I have one original song from Merry BCF and Christmas, and I do encourage you all to listen to it. It's very much a a tribute to and parody of all things Mannheim Steamroller. And I thought that would be fun to share, but even though that does speak to my soul, (laughs) I I, I felt like some of the other songs that I had offered were a little more authentic to me. Well, Free Jazz Refugees, again, it's from Trucks, the album you just released a bit over a month ago. Tell me about where this comes from, what's about it, and are you actually into jazz at all? Were you along the way? A little bit. I mean, yes, I do. I appreciate jazz. I like it. It's not something that I ever picked up intuitively as a musician. I think some people, just their ear and their brain gravitates towards jazz in a way that mine doesn't. This song started off, originally it was going to be a a collaboration with another songwriter named Chris Holm, who is a really great musician, songwriter, advocate for other musicians. And he wanted to do an updated version of the Monster Mash, basically. And he he sent me a a set of lyrics called Rock and Roll Vampires, and I was starting to set music to it. And... Very selfishly, I almost instantly was like, I really like this tune. I'm going to pocket this and use it for something else. And it became pre-jazz refugees. But I did try to throw in some allusions to the origin with things about a few zombies and, and Frankenstein and stuff like that. And what I really like about this song, it was a little bit more stream of consciousness freeform. I wasn't trying to write about anything autobiographical or even concrete. But in the course of that, I did end up making something that I think is more autobiographical than I thought it was going to be because it is about no matter where you are in your career or, or any location or wherever you are, there's always going to be circles and groups that you're just not a part of. That is okay because you make your own circles, you have your own friends, but there's still, I think, sometimes a desire to want to belong to certain communities that maybe you don't for one reason or another. That's kind of what the song is about. It's about trying and trying and trying to find that acceptance and not always getting it. And again, that's okay, but from an artistic perspective, it's fun to tap into that energy and write about that. And that's what Ben Cook Fels does in his song, Free Jazz Refugees. Rock and roll is gone, they say It just up and went away 
Zombies on the dance floor just sway a bit. No, they don't dance no more. Tommy D's got the moves like a quarter Mountain Dew. His heart's pounding and his fingertips are bruised. He got nothing much left to lose. Free jazz refugees, open up, make room for me. It's Monday night at the TV. There's nothing more than To call to come once every seven years. Study all the licks you find. A cotton candy Frankenstein. One wrong turn got stranded in Edina. Not sure where to go from here. Free jazz refugees. Open up and make room for me. It's Monday night in the TV. There's nothing more than this.
Ben Cook Feltz can do really all kinds of music. And that song really does a, a great job of extending the envelope of what you've heard from Ben so far on today's Song of the Soul. His website, bencookfelts.com, will take you to much further reaches. When you go back to his The Iowa Years, when you go to his Merry BCF and Christmas and Trucks, when he just released the others, you're going to find a lot of variety and riches. And again, the the word that just struck me throughout everything I've heard from him is creative. I really like the notes. I didn't have the sense, Ben, when I was listening to Free Jazz Refugees about the personal topography that was in there, too. I think that really enriches it for me to know that little bit of the connection of where that all comes from, too. (laughs) Well, let's go on to some more of the music of Ben Cook Feltz. Where are we at next? Let's do Wedding Bells and Vinyl Shelves. Did you choose those names because they rhymed? Well, yes, Uh, (laughs) but it did. That's another example where I came up with that line and then that ended up informing the rest of the song. This was another song from She Doesn't Believe Me, and I wrote it when I was engaged to Ellen, so before we got married. Again, it was another one of these kind of coming to terms with where I was in my life. Wedding Bells and Vinyl Shells was this, on the one hand, here I was getting married and facing this life that was definitely unknown, but maybe from an artistic perspective, not as interesting Because up to that point, I'd written a lot of songs that were either yearning songs or like, oh, new love, this is great, or breakup songs. It was like, what am I going to do once I'm fully domesticated and, and, and all this? And so the vinyl shelves part was just talking about when I was younger and I would write these songs and I would listen to a lot of music. And it was at that point in my life when almost on a daily basis, I'd hear some song that would just move me and speak to my soul. Also acknowledging that that was very good for that time in my life, but maybe that's not always the healthiest way to deal with feelings and emotions to just, you know, rather than express them to just write a song about it. Again, reconciling all this stuff, coming to terms and paving the way for the future. That's what this song's about. Wedding Bells and Vinyl Shelves by Ben Cook Feltz. Resistance to a life that I don't understand But 
hidden in your hand the love that found me found me when the music plays the sound overwhelms me it just overwhelms me and sends me soaring through time to a room in the past with rust on the ceiling Rust on the ceiling And bittersweet love songs to cool my mind Hold it in your head too long The love song fades away Contradicts the future as it drowns you Add one to the list of all the loves I never dared to prove Put the needle in the groove The world spins round and around
folks, you'll find BCF, that is Ben Cook Feltz, on his website, bencookfeltz.com. Feltz is F-E-L-T-Z. I think the rest of the words you can make out, but just go to nordenspiritradio.org. You'll get it right. I think no one spells Northern Spirit Radio wrong. That's one That's of the- good. One of the immense powers when I chose the name back in 2005. When did you become known as BCF? Very slowly, gradually, but I'd say by 2018, by the time that I put out the record called BCF, it was definitely no secret. Prior to that, I would hear it and it would just give me this sense of pride when random people would be like, hey, BCF. I'm like, heck yeah, that's right. Again, that song was Wedding Bells and Vinyl Shells, and it's from the album She Doesn't Believe Me. And is this Ellen? <laughs> well, it was Ellen's suggestion for the title, but there's a title track on that album. It was a co-write with a songwriter named Danielle Seeger Frerichs. It was a song about love and alien abductions. But I did love the idea of calling the album She Doesn't Believe Me because, again, it just raises questions like, well, why doesn't she believe you? And who's she? And all, all kinds of stuff. And I do want to comment the line that you share in there, the older the song, the deeper the meaning. That is so very true. I can't tell you how much the topography of my life, my heart is so shaped by those songs when I was coming of age, including, by the way, BG's Cucumber Castle. It's got several songs on there. It's just a number of ways in which that really spells out who I came to be, my, how my heart came to be. Music is so powerful in terms of shaping the world, which is one of the reasons why I do this Song of the Soul program. We got time for one more song if we scurry along. So how can we conclude your Song of the Soul? Conclude with Mocker Road, which is a song about the street that I grew up on back in Cedar Falls. One thing I wanted to ask you about your singing, what's the lowest you can sing? You can sing pretty high. You can, yeah. your, your voice goes up in that range. What's the lowest you can go? The lowest I've ever, and, and it'll change as I get older, I'm sure. The lowest I've ever done on record is the F, like an octave and a half below middle C. Mm-hmm. Something like that. That's about the lowest I can get right now. Right now. <laughs> Usually the exhaustion that happens with a child will make your voice go <laughs> lower and gravelier. Fair enough. I will say that six months ago, I quit drinking and also stopped drinking Diet Coke. And between the two, I do feel like my falsetto has come back and I've gifted my vocal cords a good like three, four years, I hope. (laughs) Onward. Is it intrusive if I ask your decision to stop drinking? I've never been a drinker, which is kind of a weird thing in the world, right? I'm so odd. Yeah. Good on you. What led you in that direction? It was definitely something that I'd wanted to do for a long time. Part of it was was health related. I just didn't like the direction I was going. And the negatives were vastly outweighing the positives. I still loved the taste of wine and beer. And I liked that it would serve as a bit of a balm in social situations. Social lubricant? A social lubricant. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. But The contrast to that was just feeling like crud multiple mornings and losing sleep and and the dehydration and the way that it would affect my personal motivation to be healthy and be active as, you know, exercising and things like that. I just didn't, 
I personally had had enough and that basically informed it. It, it. it came at the same time that I just tried to get my, and I think I've succeeded in getting my life in gear, you know, exercising more and eating well, partially because I want to be around as long as I can for Ellen and for Stan and all that stuff. And just quitting drinking just felt like one piece of that overall puzzle. Does any of the thoughts about the direction of your life, does it reflect back on Mocker Road? Oh, a little bit. My parents still live at that house on Mocker Road, and it's a small street. So if anyone wants to get a little weird and creepy, you can go down to Cedar Falls and there's a one in 26 chance you'll find my parents' house. But yeah, I mean, I, I came from a very solid familial foundation. I'm very blessed that my parents are still here and that I can draw from those experiences. And the fact that it was a very permanent home base definitely influences my decisions to try and live as long and healthy a life as I can. Because I, my hope is that I can provide that same foundation and home base for Stan as he gets older. Well, folks, we're going to listen to one last song by Ben Cook Feltz. Mocker Road is about where he came from, and it's part of what set him on the road that he's been living on, uh, having migrated from Iowa up to the Twin Cities area. You want to track him down, hear him. It's easiest to do it in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. His website, again, is Ben Cook Feltz. Ben, it's great to get to know your music, know you. Your creativity shines, your open heart and playfulness shines, and I think that Stan is so lucky to have you as his father. Thanks for joining me today for Song of the Soul. Well, thank you, Mark. It was a wonderful time. Thank you. Mocker Road is the song. It's from Ben's recently released album, Trucks. Find him on bencookfeltz.com and come back and join us next week again for Song of the Soul. Here's Mocker Road. The house stood at the edge of town, a block from Dryland Creek. Moved there in October back in 1983. One and one half brothers, and my mom and dad and me on Mocker Road. I taught myself the keyboard and my
Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.